Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on The Pod, I am so, so happy to say we have Evelyn Roosley, the president and co-founder of Yumi, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Evelyn, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's so good to see you. I know. It's so good to see you too. Are you ready to dive in? Yes. And actually, I was thinking about how much I've been looking forward to this podcast because it's not about business. And I feel like in a way, it's sort of this therapy session. Like it reminds founders, VCs that they're actually humans. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for this therapy session. Oh, you're so welcome. I'll send you my bill. It's not about business, but let's get down to business. Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Fabulous. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Async, the first platform that helps replace unnecessary meetings with voice notes you can read, share, and react to. Async is a voice app that enables you to communicate, mm, wait for it, asynchronously. Can we believe? allowing you to spend your time wisely without sacrificing personal connection. Put more simply, we love a voice note. As I'm sure we all know, one out of five meetings, probably, didn't need to be a meeting. It's just one girl's opinion. Don't look the data up. There isn't data. I made it up. Instead of juggling crammed calendars and overflowing email inboxes that make you feel like none of your time is your own, Async offers a convenient and personalized alternative. It's a first-of-its-kind communication tool to replace a meeting, save time, and free up your schedule. Say goodbye to calendar anxiety and hello to work productivity. Be the first to know when Async launches by joining the waitlist now at async.com. That's A-S-Y-N-C.com. Evelyn Roosley is the president and co-founder of Yumi, a next-generation kids' nutrition and food sciences company. Evelyn has spent more than a decade as a journalist, previously on staff at the Wall Street Journal and New York Times covering startups and innovation, and is the co-author of First Bites, a science-based guide to nutrition for babies' first 1,000 days that was just published by W.W. Norton. Evelyn Roosley, welcome to Non-Technical. Thanks. What an intro. I appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, of course. You did it. (laughs) All I had to do was read about it. It's so lovely to see you. I'm so happy you're here. I want to start with this question, which I'm very curious to hear the answer from you. How did you spend your last day off? My non-weekend last day Mm. off was uh, a trip. Went to Mexico City with a couple of friends, and it was like Mm. a bit of a long weekend, but it was so nice to reconnect and you know, just to be unplugged for a little bit. But Mexico City is amazing right now, and whether it's the food or the art, it's just alive and electric, and it was amazing. People are really into Mexico City right now. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know, I'm sure it's always been a lovely place. I went on a uh, seventh grade school trip, so um, it's probably a bit of a different experience now than it was then, for me at least, would be. But I believe it's like a hot place to be traveling currently. For a minute there, though, seventh grade school trip. (laughs) I was not going to Mexico City when I was in the seventh grade or 12th grade. Yeah, I don't know what my Spanish teacher was thinking, signing up to be like, yeah, I'm just going to take these kids to Mexico. Like, it'll be fine. And it was fine. And we learned so much stuff. We went to Mexico City. We went to Tulum. We went to Acapulco. 
We saw the ruins at Chichen Itza. It was like an absolutely fabulous experience. But yeah, I cannot believe he was like, I know what to do. (laughs) Take these tweens across the border. It all worked out though. Okay, so <laughs> you were in CDMX. Is that the uh, the air- airport code? Yes. The, yeah, I guess that's the abbreviation for, for Mexico okay. City. But yeah, no, fabulous. That's great. Fabulous. That sounds absolutely lovely. Something that I know about you is that travel planning is a sport. Is that what this trip was like? Was it super thought out, well-planned, et cetera? You know, it was well-planned, but Mm. this was one of those trips that I didn't plan, which was a vacation in itself, right? So I feel like it can be really binary. Either you're going to plan every detail and obsess about it, Mm -hmm. or you let someone else take the wheel that you trust and There was a couple of friends who were really the go-to in terms of organizing the trip. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a true vacation, which is why I think Mm. of it so fondly, I think. Even though, yes, when it comes to like planning trips, typically I just go like so far in the deep end on research. Like whether it's about the attractions or especially the food. So my business is food, but my obsession is food, not surprisingly. okay. If you only have so many meals... One, in your life, but also on this trip, uh-huh, right? You want to yes. think about every single dimension of what that means. So what are the top hits, things that people say, if you're Mexico City, you have to have yes. XYZ, churro, et cetera. And then you kind of look at what are the popular places that are mm-hmm. known to be good, but then trying to understand what are the off-the-beaten paths. And so totally. there's almost 40 points of data that I'll look at to even think about one recommendation. What are the top reviewers saying? What does Michelin say? What does, yes. like, infatuation say? What does yes, Yelp course, say? What does Foursquare mm-hmm. say? And, mm-hmm. then, and then you have to cross-reference that with your friends who've been to XYZ Place. Absolutely. Whose taste that you trust, right? Like, so it can't just be anyone, right? It has to be like, I recognize you as someone who has the same palate. Yeah. And so getting their racks. And same values when it comes to restaurants. I think you need like shared restaurant values. Oh, yeah. I kind of wish this data set was just available and then you could like write a SQL query whenever you wanted like a specific slice of the information. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I and I love kind of doing it for every new place I go to. One is just like a fun way to like learn about a city is through its That's food. True. Yeah. But it's also helps me, I think, have some ease that by the time I'm leaving that city, that at least I know the things I missed <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's not just what you pick. But what you sure. selectively decided not to do. And, yes. and then everything is consolidated in some kind of, you know, Google spreadsheet that you sure. can then share with other people oh, yeah. after the trip. Pay it forward. Consolidated and done. But I mean, it's definitely a lot of work, but I'm sort of obsessive about this stuff. Again, like if you think about it, you only have so many meals, right? Which is kind of a dark thought. I was like, true and makes me deeply sad. <laughs> <laughs> But then if you're going to Paris, you want that croissant, right? Oh, the next time I plan a trip to Paris, I'm emailing you for your spreadsheet. That's (laughs) absolutely happening. So you said you were with friends, and that reminds me of the reason you and I know each other, which is our mutual friend and former guest of Non-Technical, the lovely Ashley Mayer. 
Yes. I mean, you have a great alumni network of non-technical guests. And I actually was looking through my text and we were initially connected, but we didn't realize it at the time via Alex Conrad. Alex Conrad. That's right. Another font. Friend of non-technical, the fonts. Which is kind of amazing because he hasn't connected me to that many people in terms of like, be friends with this person. Mm, and so mm-hmm. you should know, like, you're a part of a, a rarefied circle where he was like, Aww. this person's hilarious, cool, you should get. To- I think you were coming into Miami at the time and maybe I wasn't in town. That's exactly what it was. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad that we have many mutual friends. So this was inevitable in terms of yes. us hanging and, and chatting. So ironically, that is the trip where I met Ashley in person for the first time. Oh, oh, mm. worlds collide. I love that. Worlds collide. Yes. Though she and I originally know each other from Twitter. We're internet friends that are now real friends. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that, which like, I hope that continues to be a true like value of Twitter. Yeah. I mean, the number of people that I've like randomly met, like it just, yes. it's so great to serendipity, like still is despite all. Well, if it all comes crashing down, you could always start a podcast because I have made legitimate friends from my podcast. It feels like a lot of work. I can barely tweet these days. <laughs> I feel like you have a really great podcast voice, by the way. Oh. And I was, you know, I've, I've listened to your podcast before and it was reiterated as you were doing the intro and I was like, mm. her enunciation and just like the clarity of the way you, you say words is, I was like, that's great. Wow. I appreciate it. I didn't even do my warm up tongue twisters today. This is just flying blind. Sound is such a peculiar thing. Isn't it? Yeah. And it can be so polarizing and mm-hmm. I'm actually highly sensitive to sound, oh, really? which is why I think I have to be largely work from home. Oh. Sounds like actually elicit almost a physical response at times for hmm. me, like can feel it and it can be like physically uncomfortable. I feel like a sound doesn't jive, right? Or if there's okay. like just music yeah. in the background, it's competing. What about repetitive noises over and over again? If you were to work from a coffee shop, for example, and someone was doing something annoying, does that bother you or can you let it go? Oh, it would bother. It would just like get under my skin and right. I probably could just not stop thinking about it. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to go. Um, but I think when yeah. it's like just quiet chatter and becomes white noise, like sometimes coffee shop chatter can do oh, that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like sound is mm. a really funny thing. So I could see why it's like polarizing for some people. I had the coffee shop situation the other day and I I don't like repetitive noises over and over again. They really, really get to me. For example, one time the person behind the counter was quite literally quite literally popping bubble wrap one bubble at a time. And I had to leave. I couldn't handle it because I wasn't going to be like, could you stop? Like there's no universe where I was going to do that. But the other day I found a new one, which is especially in the winter season, people who are sniffling over and over again. I felt like a character in a movie. I felt the amount of aggravation that like an over-the-top sitcom character feels. Do you know what I mean? It was crazy. It was like a Larry David-esque moment Absolutely. I was like, yes, I am Larry David, which by the way, not the first time I've been told that. And I was just, <laughs> I was pretty miserable. And then they left and I was like, good riddance, sir. So like, was the stall there like you wanted to blow their nose for them? I was trying to think about that. I was like, what can I do? I cannot say to this adult man don't you think you should blow your nose? So I was thinking, you know, like what are the options there? I could have moved away from the table, but there weren't other ones available. What I ended up doing was putting my AirPods in on noise cancellation mode and then putting music on. That helps. I do feel like 
when it comes to like the bubble popping though, there is something about like the anticipation of the pop and there's almost this like sadistic, like they know exactly what they're doing, right? Like they're doing it. They want the voyeurism. (laughs) It was crazy. I couldn't believe it that that went on as long as it did. Okay. So speaking of sound, tell me this. Is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? I mean, everything, I feel like that Missy Elliott did from like the late 90s to like, you know, 02, you know, that just everything from like work it and just, she was amazing. She was also my first Mm. concert. Oh, she was. Who'd you go with? I went by myself. (laughs) You went by yourself to your first concert? I took a bus to New York. And I was randomly invited, but I didn't really know anyone. And I, but I really wanted to like see Missy Elliott live. What stranger invited you? I don't even remember. I feel like it was something related probably to, I used to do some journalism, um, like Mm. school paper or things like that. And sometimes it intersect with like entertainment stuff or whatever. I can't even remember how I got there as this like, Teen <laughs> who probably should not have been traveling to New York yeah. by herself and hopped and on a bus. Where were you traveling from? East Brunswick, New Jersey, where I grew oh, okay. up. So not too too far, but but still an adventure. Oh yeah, definitely an adventure. I mean, I was definitely impulsive as a child and oh, really? would find ways to rebel, even though I was like a good Asian kid who like mm. did well in classes. Like, sure, I still have my moments to be like, I'm going to go to this random concert or. I know that, you know, if my parents knew X, I'd probably be in a lot of trouble, but kind of pushing the boundaries a bit. Are you still like that? Yeah, I feel like anyone that starts a company, right, in this Hmm. day and age, you're you're sort of pushing boundaries, right? You're thinking about Mm -hmm. something should exist or something should be different, and you feel like that is the reality you want to bring to the world. Mm -hmm. It almost inherently requires some boundary pushing. At least it's more constructive these days than just going to a, a concert in New York and potentially pissing off my parents. You're adding maybe a little bit more value. Hopefully you're having just as much fun. <laughs> What's a song for you that brings you back? Ooh, ooh. There's a selection of like 11 or 12 songs that were burned onto a mix CD for me by my best friend Romy my senior year of high school. And oh my gosh, it just lived amazing. in the car forever. It li- It's still in there any of those songs, I immediately think of driving to high school because I didn't have that many CDs. And I loved that Romy picked the songs out for me. I think of her with, there are songs that I know every single word to. I have no idea who the artist is. I have no idea what the song is called, but I'm like, oh yeah, that was on that mix that Romy made me. (laughs) It's kind of incredible. There was a time that we would like sit down and like burn CDs. I know. It's definitely, these are the tales for our kids or it's like uphill both ways. I think burning a CD is an act of love, right? For a Mm, friend or for, you know, like a romantic prospect or partner or whatever, or for a family member. What's the equivalent? Is it making a playlist? I feel like we don't do that as much. So Yeah, but I, yeah, I feel like people don't communicate in that way Mm. anymore, even though that's like, why? Why not? Right? I, I feel like... It's such a great intimate thing to like share like your list of favorite songs. Um, So that is, I feel like, a lost art. We should bring it back. (laughs) I know. But I mean, obviously they exist. It's just like it feels like not a thing that people do anymore in terms of like sharing that with, you know, a paramour or someone you're dating. (laughs) I did it a year ago and I felt really self-conscious about it because 
it was someone who I had, I'd say like a gray area relationship with of sorts. Like it wasn't, I wasn't exactly sure what the situation was. And so I was like, okay, if I put this song on, is he going to think that I mean, this is about us? (laughs) If I put this song on, is he going to think it's about us? Oh my God. But did you put songs on that were about your dynamic? Okay. There was one where I was like, this is too similar. I had, I took it off. I had my friend listen to it for me. I was like, is this insane? She's like, you have to take that one off. That's what friends are for. I know, but I feel like if you left that one in, but then had like three other songs that were like definitely not about it. Yes. And so it's like, it's then that person's choice, whether they pick up on the clues. And so they will like self-select into that decision, right? I will say that I didn't really have an agenda with the playlist. I did just want to stir the pot a little bit. I mean, that's an agenda. (laughs) Oh, we're talking about me way too much, Evelyn. This podcast is about (laughs) you. This is not about me and my questionable pot stirring. Tell me this. Do you have any truly useless talents? Like something you're really good at that just doesn't matter? I'm a really great guesstimator of things that are useless, I would say. Like what? And I think my closest friends would probably tell you that. Like, here's the thingamabob. How old do you think it Mm. is? And like, Usually within like a degree, I can get there. I, I don't, it's like a weird wow. thing. I feel like I have a okay. high level of accuracy of like predicting or estimating things that mean absolutely nothing. Okay. It almost becomes like a fun sport is to just like guess like the answer to like random facts or like that is how many fun. minutes is someone going to be late? It's not even a skill, right? It's just like, am I just kind of lucky? Well, I think that it would become useful if you were to interview at McKinsey, perhaps. I think this is when this skill would really thrive. Like, guess how many beans are in this jar or something? Yeah, how many tennis balls can fit in a 747? That That's the yeah. vibe. I'd probably have to find a smart way to explain how I got there. The answer is usually comes before, like, any logical breakdown. Oh, sure. usually not much logic. So yes. um, I think that's what they're like trying to understand, right? Like, how do you break down a problem? What is your logic flow? And I, I just be like, here's the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if I get that job. Or maybe you would just mystify them. They'd be like, oh, how'd she do it? They'd have no idea. <laughs> you could become their secret weapon. For all the useless things they might have to estimate. <laughs> That's right. Look, I don't know. Consulting's a weird industry and the, it's weird times out there. You never know. When you text, do you use emojis? Oh, yeah. I mean, have you ever had a guest who was like, I absolutely no on emojis? I think I had somebody who said they only do like the thumbs up. Which generation? Was <laughs> a little older? I can't recall. I was like, or is this the new, new thing that I just don't know? It was oh like God, as someone who's like an elder millennial. But yes, For sure. I do. I do use lots of emojis. Do you think about staying on top of trends? Communication trends, we'll call them. Like what emojis are cool? Not the specific topic of what emojis Mm. are cool. That is what TikTok is for me. TikTok is insight into what Generation Z is like doing, which makes me sound like a very old person. And I feel like initially TikTok was a research tool for work. And Mm. now I feel like it just creepily knows me more than some of my best friends. I feel like I would never give someone my TikTok to look at. (gasps) Yes, it's vulnerable. It's too much. Like you would know too much about me. (laughs) That's really funny. What was the most surprising TikTok hole you realized you were in? Oh God, there's so many. There's like the talking dogs TikTok. So I have a sheepadoodle. There is this sheepadoodle named Bunny, but mine is named Miko. And I think she's incredibly intelligent. And for a brief time, 
even though I don't have the time, tried to get her to speak via buttons. So there's this sheepadoodle on TikTok that has gone a bit viral. And the owner of this sheepadoodle has taught the dog through multi, you know, audio buttons how to speak, how to like share their emotion. Bunny will say when she's like sad or Bunny will say if there's like something in her paw or if she wants to go to the park or like if she misses her father, like Mm-hmm. All like the whole like range of things that I would like to talk to my dog about, this woman is able to do with her sheepadoodles. Are you sure that it's real and not movie magic? Not to be a cynic, but I have to ask. I mean, you know, I I was skeptical, but there was a hundred videos, and so much so that I believe this woman has started a whole startup just on these Whoa. buttons to like help teach other dog owners how to talk to their dog. And so like people are now getting buttons and talking to their dogs. So I actually think this is achievable. It's just that I have no time. And so I literally have like buttons in my garage during the pandemic. I was like, screw sourdough. I'm going to get my dog to talk. But (laughs) no, (laughs) no. Okay. What do you most want to know from Miko? If she, she, Boy, girl. Mm. Yes, it's a she. Yes. If she could talk, like, what kinds of things would you want to hear from her? Or when and she I'm, when she will talk. Let's be optimistic. When she talks. There is something that is very sassy about her. I can tell when she's pissed at me. And Ooh. so I'd love to understand, what is she thinking about? Okay. Like, have I pissed her off? Yes. What are her needs that aren't met? Right? Okay. Does she feel, like, psychologically full? Like, <laughs> I have a <laughs> lot of questions for her. I love it. I love it. Because I have a lot of guilt. You do for the pup. This is definitely more about me than about her. I travel a lot, right? I mean, we, <laughs> we course, just talked about like, yes. I travel in general for work, though, mainly. Always like in and out of the house, and she's going to an incredible sitter. But I'm like, are they treating her well? Like, I have all mm-hmm. these questions, and I have all this guilt okay. around. Like, yeah, <laughs> is she okay? <laughs> so there's that. So we we want to know if Miko's okay. We want to know how she's feeling. I know. I know. Do you have a sense for what you think her voice would sound like if she was a person? It would sound a little judgmental, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. like a very, okay. I think she'd be very economical with her words. Oh. But it'd be like, you know, like sometimes be like, wait, did she just like cut me a little bit there? <laughs> like, yeah. Like a little incisive. Just a little, just a little. Just a little incisive. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Miko. Saucy little Miko. Okay, I really hope that you achieve your goals of communicating with Miko because I want to know. And maybe you could play this podcast and maybe you could get some feedback from her on it and just pass it along to me because now I want to know what Miko thinks about me as well. Do you have any dogs? No, no, I don't have. I don't live a dog lifestyle. (laughs) Have you ever injured yourself in an embarrassing way or in an unexpected way? Oh my gosh, so many ways. Oh, really? I'm a bit of a klutz again. Oh, really? Every time I've gone surfing, except more recently, I went I went surfing actually with Ashley. Yes. Oh, right. Ugh. And that was the only time I did not injure myself. But every other time I've attempted to go surfing, I've needed a really? first aid kit. No. I really I respect that you why. keep going. The waves, they just call to you. You can't deny the call of the sea. <laughs> the siren song of the surf. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, though, I'm not winning any awards anytime soon. No big surf is in my future. But it was just great to get up and not get yeah. injured. So that was the big accomplishment of 2022. I want to go surfing with you guys. I think that sounds yes. so fun. I've never done it before. 
Ashley is like a natural. Well, she's, as, an like, she's naturally athletic. Yeah, exactly. I'm just so awkward, I feel like, with my body. So there's definitely all of those times I've injured myself. And then I have like, I think very much like deep down this fear of like public restrooms only because mm. when I was really young, like mm-hmm. I must have been nine at the time and my family was in Jakarta. I injured myself in a bathroom after getting locked in at a restaurant's <gasps> bathroom no. and freaking out because, like, oh, I couldn't no. open this door. And and then I slipped and, like, fell in this, like, bathroom slash toilet situation. And Oh, no! From that point, <laughs> I think I've been slightly traumatized. I've also been locked in other bathrooms. Oh, my gosh. Why are you getting locked in so many bathrooms? I know. At Walt Disney World, I had to, like, army crawl out of no. it. What? In the happiest place on earth? <laughs> Like, of course that would happen to me on the happiest place on earth. But yes. That's crazy. I do wish, though, that they had to send a costumed character to come and save you. Like, Goofy just comes in with a crowbar and has to pry you out of the bathroom. There's always, like, this non-zero chance that I'm going to get, like, in my head, I feel it. Every time I go to, like, a public restroom, like, it's going to be embarrassing. They're going to have to take out the jaws of life or something. But yes. And so that random injury where, like, I hurt my bum slipping in a bathroom that I was locked in. (laughs) As a child, if you go back to my earliest childhood memory, I was also locked in a room at our house in Iowa. So I imagine I must have been like, I don't know, three years old or something like that. So just being locked in rooms, maybe. (laughs) Though I'm not claustrophobic. Yeah, I was going to ask, so you're not claustrophobic? No, just like, you know, fear of doors locking on me and me not being able to MacGyver my way out of it. Sure, sure. (laughs) Speaking of fears, what is your most irrational fear? I mean, that feels really irrational. (laughs) (laughs) The fear of being locked in a public restroom as an adult? (laughs) Sure. I think to the average person, yeah, that's an irrational fear. But it sounds like it's happened to you multiple times. So for you, that just might be a rational fear. I have a lot of irrational anxieties, I do have to say. Like, for example, I'm like a big completist. I have a fear of like starting a show. And then feeling like I have to watch it all the way to the end, right? So like, yes, unless it's a show that I know I'm going to love and it's going to be great. Like White Lotus season two was great. I like watched it, you know, as it went on. Incredible. Otherwise, and I don't watch a lot of TV as it is. So I kind of wait for like pretty much the whole series to be done because I know that I at least have the out of being able to Wikipedia everything in one night if I need to. Oh my God. (laughs) Which is like a little bit crazy. And that's like... A kind of ridiculous anxiety to have, but I think there's like a big completist in me. It's like completist plus optimizer. You, you're an optimizer, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you could probably gather that from my like intense trip planning and the need to find the best croissant in Paris. That was the key evidence. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do like optimizing, but then it's just the need to know how does this end, right? It just can be really not the most productive use of my time. Like I remember many years back, I used to date this guy who was like really into college football. And then it became almost this like never ending football marathon in a way, because then I would watch like other colleges and then I'd have to see how they did. And I would like go to the gym and just like watch college football. And like, at the end of the day, I'm like, that was a huge waste of time. But it almost became this like soap opera in my mind. Like I need to know, like how does the season end? Like wow, what's going to be the next great play of like this college or whatever. It was just like so nonsensical. Sure. 
So it gets me into trouble a little bit. Okay, that's interesting though. Were you enjoying it as you were watching it or was it more like I have to know what happens? The journey to completion is kind of like satisfying in itself. Yeah. But I yeah. think now that I'm older, wiser, yeah. I definitely <laughs> will protect myself. Like again, you know, it's like waiting for series to wrap up so that I won't get into these time rabbit holes, right? So Looking back, I was like, that was a really dumb use of my time. You know, maybe it'll come in handy one day. With like random college trivia from a certain set of years. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> right. Maybe we'll be at trivia one night and the question will be about, you know, ASU in 2006 or something. And you're going to know the answer and you're going to save the I'll team. Like, I got this. <laughs> I got that. Everybody backs up. You're like, guys, I got this. This one's mine. Okay, here's an unhinged thing that someone told me they do recently, and I want to know if you think it's crazy or if this relates a little bit to what you were saying. I was speaking with some friends about horror movies and scary TV Mm. shows and thrilling kind of anxiety-inducing, heart-pounding media like that. And I said, I get very scared of horror movies, and so if I'm going to watch something like that, I have to be with people and I have to know what my sleeping situation is that night. Like if I'm staying at someone's house and we're in a high-rise building in Manhattan – and I feel safe. I don't think the ghosts or the home invaders can make it past the doorman. I will potentially watch a horror movie as long as it's not too scary. Also, if I believe that it could happen, that makes me less likely to watch it. But if I think that it's highly likely that it could happen, like realistic, less likely to watch it. Anyway, I was explaining this whole thing. And somebody was like, yeah, I like watching horror movies, but sometimes when the anxiety is too much, I look up and Wikipedia the plot of the film while I'm watching it so that I can keep watching it. Wow. Well, I think it's like a form of control too, right? Yes. So you can manage your emotions because you're taking control back and you know like what's going to happen. So Mm -hmm. nothing can can surprise you anymore, right? Which is the element of horror, I would say. So kind of fascinating. I feel like I should be friends with this person. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) probably. (laughs) That's great. I was horrified. I was like, we need to help you not do this. (laughs) Ever again. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> I mean, Wikipedia and the rabbit holes at 2 a.m., I have to say, or yeah. just like any kind of random research at night. Like, oh, nighttime research is the most devastating kind of research. Yes. Because it could just go on for hours. I know. You know what's funny though? I, I feel like on the topic of horror movies, I've mm. definitely, like, I feel like put all of that on ice. Like, I haven't watched a horror mm. movie in years. Yeah, And I realize that it's probably correlated to when I started my company with my co-founder because starting a company and like living through the roller coaster is already so stressful. I'm like, why not more stress? (laughs) 100%. Yes. Yeah. So I I kind of actively avoid them. I love that you kind of consciously think about your post-watch routine so that you know you'll be able to sleep. Yes, because otherwise I will think about it and I'll get scared. As we discussed, life is too short for me to miss six hours of sleep because I'm wondering if the characters from us are lurking outside of my apartment. It's just not worth it. Very well. Um, do you believe in ghosts? I think, like, I believe that ghosts could exist. It's not a no. I mean, I, I don't have any, you know, direct evidence that, like, okay. ghosts are here. You have never or, seen a ghost. I've never seen a ghost. I kind of, I mean, obviously, I wish I did. I wish I had some of that, you like. Wish? Really? Because wouldn't that be fascinating? I mean, that unlocks a whole other dimension. I'd cry, though. I'd be so scared. I'd be really, really scared. I mean, sure. I, I think the idea that there's another dimension existing and there could be like billions of people, right, that are just like floating yes. around. Okay, interesting point you're thought. making, though, because I do believe, 
I think I believe that. Like, I think I believe that there's more going on around us than we can perceive with our most basic senses, like sight, touch, smell, et cetera. But the idea of paranormal activity terrifies me. Do you remember those shows? I think they were on MTV or VH1, and they would take all their paranormal detection gear, and they would go spend the night in an abandoned mental institution or something like that. And then their little, like, ghost radars would be going crazy. That literally, if I saw that by accident, I would freak out. I'd be so afraid. For sure. But it's kind of fascinating too, right? (gasps) If if there was like any evidence like, okay, this actually exists, like I actually then would want to experience it. Could you go on a ghost hunting trip like that, do you think? Yeah. Oh my God. As long as they were nice ghosts, right? If there was like- How how do we know? How do we know? (laughs) Evelyn, are you think we're interviewing them first? Do you think there's a recruiter screen before we show up with our ghost radar? We have ghost radar. Okay, so there's an in- in the in in the town near where I'm from, called the Blackberry River Inn, and I always felt like it was haunted. And then uh, my mom stayed there recently, and so I looked it up, and it is haunted. But all of the reports of the ghost say that she is a benevolent, friendly ghost. And so I said to my mom, "Did you feel any presences while you were staying there?" The internet says it's haunted. And she said, actually, I did sort of have different dreams than usual. And I was like, that was the ghost. She says she is not afraid of ghosts. And I asked her the question. I said, would you do like a paranormal thing? Like, would you spend the night in a place that was confirmed, confirmed haunted? Like, people agree it's haunted. And she said, yeah, that wouldn't bother me at all. I mean, it'd just be fascinating, I think. You know, it's like you kind of want to live all the experiences, right? That's true. (laughs) Why not? So again, life is short. Ah! (laughs) Speaking of things that we can't see, do you believe in astrology? Does that impact your life at all? Kind of. I mean, I'm not Hmm. like pulling out charts and I don't know like all the intricacies, right? But it is funny that people of like a grouping, so I'm a Virgo, I was born in September and there are certain characteristics associated with it. And it is kind of funny that that does seem to be true, right? When right. You like, and I tend to be attracted to other Virgos because most people don't like Virgos. I feel like it's one of the oh, least really? like signs. <laughs> and so I feel like Virgos really like Virgos. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think there's something to it, right? And I don't yeah. know if it's like something in like the tides, but there's got to be something in the water why characteristics tend to ring true for right. those signs. Certain broad strokes, I think, of the signs can definitely be accurate. You know, I grew up in um, a family that was, like, very superstitious. So, mm. Oh, really? I'm, like, many parts of Southeast Asia. My parents come from Indonesia. My dad is Chinese-Indonesian. And it's one of those things, like, a rite of passage is you go to a temple when you're very young they take out the time that you were born and everything, and there's this giant book, and they tell you, okay, here are the future years, when to oh watch out for your health, <gasps> and it gets really specific. So oh you go gosh. essentially the soothsayer at this temple, and I have this very vivid memory of this. My mom still has the notes, and so she'll tell me, hey, by the way, this is the year where you're really going to piss us off. <laughs> and I was so young, but... There is a lot of superstition in that culture. I don't consider myself really superstitious. I I think there's like something to it. Maybe there's something that connects us, whether it's like the sign stuff or something in the Mm. charts. But like, was the chart accurate for you? Did anything line up? Not terribly so, but you know... My aunt actually had this soothsayer, was famous in the family for, you know, doing tarot card readings and Mm. predicting divorces, all these like big life moments. And I went to her and it was interesting because I'm not close with my aunt at all. So she didn't know about Mm. anything about my life. 
my aunt came as a translator. And the specificity that this woman had around my life and specific dynamics with my relationship at the time, with all these things, it was really creepy. It was super, super dubious before, would never have like yep. thought yep. about going to a tarot card reader or any of that. And by the end of it, I was like, mm, maybe some people are just more connected or more intuitive mm. and there's something there. But I was like quite shocked by the end of it. Yeah, no, she she's someone that my aunt has used for a long time and predicted many milestones in the family. Really? So, have you gone back since? I have not gone back since. It's been harder to get back to Jakarta. There was like a whole okay. pandemic, all these things. Yes, but of I do want to go back and I do kind of want to see her. I think you should. I want to go. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm very interested. If someone has an idea of what is going on out there in my future, I'm very curious. I would like to know. Yeah. And I've definitely had friends who've had their own fortune tellers. Mm. I lived in LA for some time. So oh, I see. that's out there and part of the culture. Most of the time, I'll get my tarot cards read at a party or something. And it's like, yep, yep. no, this is, this is not me. I'm not getting pregnant this year. What are you talking about? And right. it's definitely not all true. But, you know, there's been anecdotes from friends where I'm like, how how does that how does that even happen? So yes. I will leave space that like there's a lot we probably don't know. And yeah, so maybe that's how I feel. Question mark. My friend read my tarot last year and I pulled the hermit. And then mm. and we thought that's interesting because I was kind of planning on actually doing more stuff socially. And then the next day I tested positive for COVID. <laughs> I feel like that's not really what the tarot card reading is intended I know, for. I know, but it was so funny. We were like, well, all right, that makes sense. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Evelyn, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Async, the first platform that helps replace unnecessary meetings with voice notes you can read, share, and react to. Async messages are voice messages that can be read because they come with a full transcript. So you don't have to listen to a message if it's too long or covers too many topics or you're already listening to your favorite podcast. Non-technical. You can also add timestamped and threaded reactions via emoji, voice, or text. Search inside Async's for important notes and share Async's with a person or group thanks to unique URLs. So next time you want to establish an authentic connection with someone to exchange feedback or brainstorm ideas, or you just want to make sure you nail the tone without spending 30 minutes evaluating your punctuation usage, try Async. 95% of what you say is how you say it. So say what you really mean on your time with Async. Say goodbye to calendar anxiety and hello to work productivity. Be the first to know when Async launches by joining the waitlist now at async.com. That's A-S-Y-N-C.com. And we're back with Evelyn Roosley, the president and co-founder of Yumi. Evelyn Roosley, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this here episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> you think so? That's honestly pretty close sure. to a yes. I think I think that is close <laughs> enough to a yes. We've arrived at the lightning round. Woo! Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And he even has a sound. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to like put a sound in there at some point, but uh, and, and for now it's just me going, burr, 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 burr. okay, number one, <laughs> coffee or tea? Coffee, but I should. I should go tea, but coffee. Why do you say you should go tea when coffee is just such a beautiful chemical drug that I love? It's great. One, I'm so sensitive to it, so I can only have oh, half so you can a only cup. have a little. 
okay. or so, and I have to cut myself off by 10 a.m. or so. And, really? you know, obviously there's a lot of advantages to having like yeah. green tea. And so I should probably do that. But there is something about the ritual and also yes, I think the intensity of coffee yes, that I'm even though I don't like love the taste of coffee, but I, uh-huh. it's almost like I crave this weird, bitter intensity of it. I do understand that, of course. When you say you don't necessarily like the taste, have you tasted a lot of different types of coffee? Yes. And I feel like there's definitely bad coffee. And then there's like <laughs> a whole spectrum of like- That's true. Pretty yes. good to great coffee. There's one cup of coffee that was life-changing in my life. Where was the life-changing cup of coffee? It was in Aceh in the mountains. So I was there covering the tsunami, the oh Boxing God. Day tsunami uh, yes. for the New York Times when I was also still in college at the time. So it was like I took off abruptly, didn't do my finals, and I, I went to oh Aceh because it just happened. And we were – in the forest, actually looking for these separatists. Because at the same time hmm. that all this destruction was getting sorted out, there was still these the, like, rebels like in the highlands mm. of Aceh. And so we had to, we were like communicating with them. There was also fear that the military would shoot at us and all because they were in conflict. Oh my God. And so we were like in the jungle and came across this little coffee stand with these golden tiny bananas. And oh. you could add condensed milk to it because condensed milk is oh. really popular in Indonesia. You know, it was from bean to this little <gasps> cup of coffee. Oh, and I'm sure it was like so 10 cents, but it was the most amazing cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. And oh I was like, God, if I could have this delicious. every day. Never been able to repeat that kind of discovery. Mm-hmm. It was great. That's going to go down in history for you, I think, that cup of coffee. I wouldn't even try to recreate it. <laughs> should just go green tea now. <laughs> go Done. green tea. It's like, I got to tap out. Like, I had the best coffee. I, I reached the pinnacle, and now there's no going back. Do you have a favorite board game? I think everyone in the Bay Area plays Settlers of Catan, which is Yeah, people excellent. love it in the Bay. Love it. Do you? I really love it. I think it more for like the psychological like fallout of it, right? Because oh, like yeah. you Absolutely. see your friends in like a different context and like Absolutely. people that are maybe even more meek or kind end up becoming like bloodthirsty by the end. Yeah, and I, so fun. You know, it's like the right kind of low stakes drama that like <laughs> yes. brings out interesting dynamics in people. So what does it bring out in you? I do think that there is like this vindictive part. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, look who has the sheep now. like I will not trade with you and like anytime someone's like trending to win you have to like completely undo that success supply chain issues sorry sorry about the wheat (laughs) (laughs) we should play You mean Ashley should play. I feel like she's not a big games person. No, but she's a big competition person. I feel like she'd be real into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Have you ever read a book twice? I don't often read books twice. I just reread some short stories by Atelo Calvino, Under the Jaguar Sun. Mm. That was like amazing. Mm. He's like kind of postmodern Italian writer. Just trying to think of some of the recent ones that maybe I've reread. I feel like there's just always this like never-ending backlog of like the classics that I've yet to read, right? I'm with you. And so that's like so interesting because so one, that prevents me from like often rereading even my favorite books. But two, even though there's always amazing books coming out every year, I tend to like just go back to like, okay, what's the syllabus that I need to start chipping away at? Because there's still like so many classics I haven't tackled. I'm so with you. I'm literally, as we speak, reading Pride and Prejudice for the first time. 
Oh, that's been years. I haven't thought about that one in a while. How does it read? I'm loving it. The reason I sought it out is twofold. One, I've been craving books or other media or art that Mm. remind me the human experience has some things that transcend cultures and time periods Mm. and societies and cities and some emotions and feelings and experiences are just true or are just common. And reading about the Pride and Prejudice world, some of the themes of social hierarchy and dating and romance and courtship, I am just so loving the parallels between that time period hundreds of years ago, you know, and then like modern day society. It's really fun. I think it's like good penicillin too from like all like the ultra tech, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta rinse it out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you know, so much of that infiltrates like the, whether it's like TikTok or text messages and all this stuff, right? Like it definitely changes the way media is written and like consumed mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so Agreed. to like get back to the basics and like, let's go back hundreds of years and like, right. let's like explore the commonalities of like dramas and love and all these like very unifying human themes that remind us like we hearken back to a bigger tradition or tapestry than than just like our current day and age. I think it's great. Yeah. I love, I love the way you kind of you position that. And also because Dana Gibber said that was the book that she has, she, who came on the podcast, she said that that was the book she read twice the day after my mom also said that she really loved it. And I thought, okay, the universe has told me. It's a sign. It's you have to. Time. You have no choice. <laughs> exactly. Evelyn, this is sadly my last question for you. Can you believe it? It feels like we just started. Yeah. What happened to the rapid fire round, by the way? <laughs> this is it. It's happening. It's okay. just... <laughs> Honestly, fair. Let me know what Miko thinks about this part. <laughs> She's judging you. There's like She's real judging guy me. right now. Yeah. I know. It's, I, get, I get too interested. Too much to unpack. Okay. Just tell me this. What would you okay. title your memoir? Oh my God. You have to end it on like the toughest question. I know. (laughs) It's almost like, thank God I had time to write a memoir. My God, it's (laughs) so hard to imagine that. Would you write a memoir? No, I don't think so. (laughs) It's almost, I feel like it's like blocked off in my brain. Um, You know, it's, it feels like such an awkward act, right? Like distilling it down to like, here's this thing and here's, like I, 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 there has to be a real compelling reason why I'd want to like put it out in the world. And sure. um, I don't know. I just like, I don't think I've, I've gotten to that point where that's like. I get that. Gelled, right? So I don't, would you ever write a memoir? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't have, a, I don't know what I would say. Like, <laughs> okay, I have a title suggestion. Mm. Yes. I think. Give me my could, answer. I think that you could combine your. Ability to guesstimate quantities of things, numbers. Okay, you're like, what is the most useless skill you <laughs> no, have? Listen, that I will be your memoir good. title. Good. I think by the end of this, you're gonna like it. So you combine that with what you said about only having a finite number of meals, and I think you should pick a number that represents that quantity, right? So you could do it based on like average lifespan, three meals a day, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, and then you could call the memoir like. 6,200 plates or something like that, 6,200 bowls. And it's like esoteric. Or the Last Supper, and it could be really dark. <laughs> yes. Oh, so dark. Too dark. Too dark. No, I don't know. But the cover could be fun. It could be called The Last Supper, but then the book could be hot pink <laughs> and glittery. Done. It sells itself. 
Perfect. Oh, I can't wait to read it. Evelyn, this has been so fun. Thank you for coming on Non-Technical. Thank you. This is great. Again, this has been a great therapy session. I really appreciate it. Well, give me a call. (laughs) We can do it again anytime off the record. (laughs) Same time next week. Perfect. Exactly. Where can my wonderful listeners find more about you? So I'm still on Twitter because Twitter is still a thing, I guess, at uh, Evelyn Risley. So E-V-A-L-Y-N-R-U-S-L-I. Um, mm-hmm. Or uh, you can check out Yumi at helloyumi.com. I'm definitely on the internet, so come find me. Fabulous. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay and at non-technicalpod on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. You know how the internet works. Once again, Evelyn, thank you so, so much for joining me. I'm so glad Ashley brought us together slash Alex Conrad brought us together. The friends of non-technical keep growing. Have an absolutely wonderful day and I hope I get to see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 